Hi everyone, I'm Glenn Gao, CEO of Crimson Marketing. Welcome to Moneyball for Marketing, where we talk about the incredible changes happening in marketing organizations around big data and marketing technology. We feature marketing technology insights from the top marketers in the world. The reference to Moneyball is from the story of how the Oakland A's baseball team were able to win and win and win because they figured out how to use data and technology to their advantage. If you'd like to learn about how to use big data and marketing technology and marketing to help you win, visit us at crimsonmarketing.com or email us at info at crimsonmarketing.com. And now on to our podcast. Today, I am very pleased to welcome Sydney Sloan, the CMO at Alfresco Software. Sydney leads product marketing, digital, communications, and the field marketing teams. Her team focuses on growing the visibility and demand for Alfresco's open source software. So, how does Alfresco describe themselves? Alfresco provides modern enterprise content management and business process management software built on open standards that enable organizations to unlock the power of their business critical content. Sydney, it's a real pleasure to have you here. Thank you, Glenn. It's great to be here. When you and I spoke earlier, you were telling me a bit about your journey after you first started at Alfresco and how you looked at the data and the technology issues that were in front of you. I think the audience can learn a lot from your journey. So share with us what you've you've started to go through. Sure, absolutely. And I'm just about a little over one year in, so it's a little bit of the lessons learned uh, after oh, a year. And, and the first lesson is everything takes longer than you think or hope. Um, <laughs> how true. <laughs> how true. But, but when we looked at our data and technology, um, I, I guess the, the good news is that there wasn't much here. Um, so there was a, a, a lot we could add. The, the bad news is there wasn't much here and, <laughs> and there was a lot we needed to add. Right. Uh, we had just transitioned from Pardot to Marketo, mm-hmm. and really, um, it, we we had someone that was was eager to set up campaigns and use Marketo, but we really didn't think of having a data strategy. Right, and we hadn't linked Marketo and uh, Salesforce yet, so we had two different sources of the truth, which is challenge, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to reporting and and trying to do do any kind of, of data analytics. And and we really didn't have a strategy around how we wanted to manage our data. So we would let people import um, data sources or we'd pull information from our community and, and it was really inconsistent. So we've spent a ton of time just cleaning up the data and developing our data strategy. So specifically on data. And just a quick question. Yeah. So what, yeah. did, did you, uh, are you going to tell us if you found a place where you wanted to keep all the data in one place or do you spread it out a bunch different locations? So we, we created a marriage between Salesforce and Marketo. That was one right. of the first things. So, right. so we have a consistent, um, we, we have one source of the truth, which is Salesforce, but the handoff between Marketo and Salesforce is and it's now a clean one, mm-hmm. uh, matched all the fields, et cetera. We manage our leads in, in Marketo and we manage our accounts and, and data in Salesforce. Um, we also augmented our data significantly. 
So we used uh, we we used Hoover's and Rain King to identify getting contacts actually in the kinds of companies we wanted to do business with. Right. So you could run uh, campaigns using that, exactly. that information. Yep. And then we re- we worked with Hart Hanks to clean up all the data. We've done a ton of deduping, and now we're at the point where where we are doing. We're able to see what percentage of target accounts we have, how much data we have on those accounts, and we're just at the process now of the lovely job of role mapping. Um, mm-hmm. Having fifty thousand accounts, I can't even tell you how many titles there are. So we're, we've identified ten types of roles that we want to map. Too, so we can start to segment and be thoughtful in how we reach out to prospects. So the role mapping then means I have a whole bunch of different titles that kind of sort of sound the same, but you're going to tie them to a single role. Is that right? Correct. And we're starting very, we're thinking about the entire customer lifecycle, first of all. Yeah. Uh, that was a lesson learned from my previous life. Um, is not just thinking about it from a prospecting side, but thinking about it from an ongoing relationship. Beautiful. So we'll start with things like um, line of business decision maker, line of business influencer, IT decision maker, IT influencer, um, system administrator, developer, financial contact. So that kind of goes through that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then end users as well in, in some cases. Um, so we can think about, you know, if there's a system outage, we want to just get the systems admins. But if there's a newsletter going out, we might want to do a business newsletter to the business contacts, et cetera. And then we can segment that by vertical. So that was another important part because we, our, our go-to-market is designed around target verticals. So to also do that segment mapping so we get the right accounts within the right verticals that map to our key plays. So that's really enabling you to do segmented marketing or some might call it personalization. At, at still a, a, a relatively high level. But mm-hmm. at least we can do it. Yes. Good. Good. No, it takes a lot of work to get that all cleaned up. Exactly. Exactly. So tell us about the uh, the changes you had to make with your marketing approach and with your marketing organization as well. Uh, so the approach for our, for marketing was uh, to introduce the concept of integrated marketing. Uh, I know a lot of folks here in in Silicon Valley, uh, depending on the size of company, have probably been exposed to that. Um, that hadn't yet happened within Alfresco. So first of all, introducing the concept and um, moving out of field marketing, just doing field events, and mm-hmm. then having campaign. And Glenn, we didn't even have a digital team. Our web team was sitting in IT. Uh, we didn't have a campaign manager. I mean, we really had to build out a digital team. Wow. So I was fortunate that I was able to get an excellent leader. She had she'd been running an agency prior. So we think of our digital team is our internal agency. Yeah. And, uh, and so they manage our marketing technology stack, uh, marketing operations, our campaigns, community and social. Um, and um, it, yeah, that's, that's the group. So it's the kind of go-to and they think holistically, we, we call it globally, um, about what are the programs that we want to run and how do we run them most effectively. Uh, it's really reduced the kind of, what I would say, bad practice of how we were treating our database and our customers with giving anyone and everyone the opportunity to email them whenever they wanted. Right. Put some structure around that. Right, and right. And just consistency in, in how we uh, executed a, a higher quality level. Well, I think that's impressive. I think change management is one of the more difficult things for senior managers to pull off because it's not just declaring this is how we're going to do it, but it's helping the whole organization see the value in doing it a different way. So congratulations for making those changes. 
Yeah, thank you. We we did rely on on serious decisions and ah, good using some Very of their frameworks. models. Yeah, so I think that gave us a good starting point for some people that hadn't been exposed to what integrated marketing could and should look like. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the other key things that we learned, because we were such a heavy field marketing-centric organization, is when you put in a campaign function and centralize some of that, how the role of field marketing actually has changed. Oh, tell us. And it, it was it, it was insightful. So um, uh, now that we, we centralize that, that, that function, field marketing has a service arm to go to, so they can do a lot of the operational execution. But then the role of field marketing has changed in that we've set them up to um, design the campaigns that work for their regions, leveraging what's happening on a global level. Right. Uh, they get to decide how they execute locally. Um, and then they spend a lot of time frankly, just working with the sales teams. And I think recognizing that that's a core function of field marketing on helping them with regional and, and sales-driven campaigns and understanding how to use our systems and technology. A lot of people assume that sales is just going to use it. They, they don't. They have to be coached, reminded. Um, I just read a, a, a report from um, uh, a, a company that was, what are the typical three issues that Sales and marketing are still challenged on with alignment. Number mm -hmm. one was communication. Number two was where's my leads <laughs> mm -hmm. and, and brand awareness, which I think is pretty typical for that we as marketers here. And that communication, that one-to-one -one and, and thinking how we communicate, the field marketing team really owns that role here at Alfresco and, and making sure that the teams are informed on what, what we're doing, but also how to use all these systems and technologies that we're investing in. The, did you say the field marketing team or your yeah. uh, digital team? The field marketing team. Oh, so interesting. We, we, when we put in digital, that, that changed the role of field marketing to now help the field understand how to use all of the technologies that we were putting in, in place. Oh, very interesting. So in, it's your organization, the field plays a bigger role, I think, in driving and designing campaigns than I've heard in many other companies. They have. Um, and... And maybe I'm lucky because I have some really strong field marketers. Um, but um, uh, the way that we have designed um, our, what we call our key plays, our campaigns around key plays, we, we did it from an agile. We, we really wanted to not make it a one-size-fits-all because right. each, where we're at, each vertical is at a different stage. And what we've discovered is each vertical, like a, a person that you're communicating to or marketing to in healthcare is very different than an approach, let's say, in government. And so in past lives, I'd see build of materials that if you're going to run a vertical campaign, it has to have these six assets in order to, to launch. Sure. And we've taken a different approach and said, what are the minimum viable, the MVP, <laughs> the minimum viable prospecting tools that the sales teams will need in order to run a particular campaign? And it's different. It, it's from, from healthcare, they want, um, they need a battle card, they want a, a white paper, um, and we're, we're doing a lot of more um, high-touch events, where in, um, in government, it's a completely different strategy. They don't want battle cards. They know how to talk to their customers. Um, they're looking for more air coverage, more brand awareness. So each team is, is looking from a different, for our, from our field marketers for, for a different things. And we're letting the, the field marketers kind of run those campaigns, and then they have a uh, a campaign expert on each of the, the play teams that advises and then helps with execution centrally.
Okay, so maybe you answered my question, which is what is the role then of the central marketing organization as it relates to both serving the verticals and the field? Yeah, um, best practice and execution. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very nice. So um, tell us a little bit more about the evolution you're going through and some of the, the strategy you have to up-level what you're doing in marketing. Yeah, so if I, if I think about... Um, where we've come and focusing on updating our story and aligning our go-to-market around these key plays and building out our digital uh, DNA and, and supporting technology. And I know there's a lot more that we can do. Um, where we're getting into a little bit more of the advanced activities is around our target accounts and implementing account-based marketing. One of my favorite topics. Ah, yes, it's been it's been a, a, a real um, um, good journey for us. I, I, I believe that we as marketers are constantly on uh, uh, being educated because right. technology is moving so quickly. So, so we've we've bought into account based marketing, and and we're still learning. And, and I'll give a shout out to uh, the demand based team. Um, we're a demand-based customer, and they just did an excellent job in helping us uh, understand what it is and, and how to take advantage of their technology. Great. Yes. Sorry, I'm, I'm fan, uh, fans of theirs, too. I've spoken yeah. at some of their events. Oh, good. Yeah. Um, I, I really, Peter Isaacson and his team, shout out. Um, so, um, so what we're doing is um, kind of two levels. One is true account-based marketing. So what we've learned in ABM is the fewer the better. So, so we're doing, we've picked our top 20 accounts globally and have developed account plans and specific account targeting for those, those companies. And then we're, I would say, doing ABM light as it relates to the must-win accounts that align to our key plays. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so this is the point we're at. We still have a lot of execution to do, but that's, that's where we've gotten alignment with our sales teams and saying, okay, you pick the top 20, we'll do account plans, full, you know, full account-based marketing strategy for the key plays. We'll do personalization on the website. We'll um, you know, do more of the targeted campaigns, and it's a less is more, but hopefully higher quality leads and higher conversion. And how do you use uh, analytics as it relates to account-based marketing? Um, how should I use analytics, Glenn? <laughs> um, uh, uh, well, so, or think, or think yeah. the data, think about the data associated with it. Then. Yeah. So, um, there was analytics that was used in order of, in, in selection of the accounts. Um, we do use lattice engines. We're, we're trying to get more data out of the predictive to mm-hmm. help us in selecting those mm-hmm. accounts. Mm-hmm. I think that we're still learning there. We, we haven't been able to realize the insights yet um, as we continue to kind of tweak the model to get it to work for us. Um, but we're hoping that that's what we've heard from other folks that have, have used predictive. Right. And then, um, and then what we've looked at from an analytics perspective is um, our, in the segmentation, the historical um, success we've had, uh, what our pipeline looks like, how many target accounts that we have inside of the segments, and then trying to cross-correlate that with um, repeatable solutions that, that we can pick. So that's our approach for how we're getting to the key play. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some other data as well that we use. So we, we score if they have competitive technology, um, if they're in a tier one country, so we, we've applied a scoring model against the target accounts to help us with ranking. 
Right. And how do you treat the accounts differently um, as it relates to the digital interaction with them? What's your strategy behind that? At, at what I would say the crawl stage that we're at yeah. is, um, is first the vertical touch flavor. So top of the funnel activities where we give light touch. If someone lands on the website, they're within a vertical, they'll get um, uh, a little bit more vertical messaging to take them into the vertical areas, as well as verticalizing, taking our horizontal assets and, and making them a little bit more vertical. Mm -hmm. So we, we're getting closer to speaking in their language versus a horizontal um, offering, which is what we had to build from last year. Now that we're in a more vertical approach, we're able to take that pivot. And, and that's what we want to continue to do is, you know, get more and more depth into speaking at the right level of personalization, which would be role and vertical specific. And, and of course, we have to build out our content in order to get there. That's right. Yeah. Content becomes a really big deal once yeah. you start realizing how many different mini segments you're going to be going after. How do I develop the content that's of interest to each of those individual personas and personas within different vertical segments becomes a big, big job. Yeah. And we're, we're testing out two models right now. We're debating internally, um, as to where do we start? Do you start with the vertical, you know, the top, top level, or do we start with the play? So the example in healthcare is the digital transformation that is happening in healthcare at a top level but our solution is around mobilizing electronic pa patient records. Mm -hmm. And so that's where we've decided to start at a little bit lower, a little bit more specific, uh, targeted at the um, chief clini clinician and innovation officers within um, a certain segment of healthcare versus starting at a, br a broad level overarching healthcare. So we'll see. We're, 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 we're doing a flip side in another vertical and kind of trying to see which which has more um, effectiveness in terms of conversion. Oh, I would love to hear about that experiment. I was just having this debate with one of our clients today on, well, how specific should we be in our outreach? Because if we only make one offer to one title, um, if we're on target, we're going to be successful. But if we're not on target, maybe we're missing a bigger opportunity. So this is a great experiment. Hey, I wanted to circle back and ask you a different question about uh, account-based marketing. Sure. And it has to do with your relationship with the sales organization. So my hypothesis is that ABM actually completely transforms the relationship that marketing and sales have, if done well. So just share with us a little bit about what you've gone through there. Um. I think what we're learning is with the top tier accounts where we've been able to make some progress to date, the account managers are so pleased. So uh -huh. a couple of things that we do, um, General Electric is one of our largest uh, global accounts. And so um, in working on the account plan with them, we're able to help connect globally all of the different areas within GE. And GE's actually, we just had a meeting with them, and a lot of them didn't know what was happening inside. So us just, what, what we call a strategic account brief that marketing produces that summarizes all the different areas within that account – where they're using Alfresco and getting value has been just an advantage to them. We also do things called account days where we'll go into an account and we'll run like a mini workshop um, uh, for our existing customers to invite other departments. Oh. Uh, so that has been very effective. And then moving that one step forward to digital strategy, which is 
what we're designing right now. So those are things that the, the field marketing and our customer marketing teams have added value. And then how do we translate that to digital without getting creepy? <laughs> you know, so you don't, I, I know there's some technologies that when they, when they land on your site, you can be like, hi GE, look at how you're using us. Right. And, 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 and that, with that one, we're not quite sure. So we're still putting them in a manufacturing landing experience. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, but we, but we can run email based campaigns into accounts. Um, so we're just at that stage now, but I would say that the, the planning process itself has been extremely helpful. Um, but we're, we're picking really large accounts, like, you know, departments of, of within the government right, uh, right. And, and large global accounts that are making up those, those top 20. And one other thing about, uh, account-based marketing, I find fascinating for marketers. And I think you even um, alluded to this earlier is that just because, well, it actually shifts marketing's focus to include marketing to customers as opposed to just prospects, yeah. right? All of a sudden you have GE or you have a big uh, department within the government. Well, that's just the starting place for what you can do to grow that account. And now marketing really owns a lot more responsibility to help grow the account, which is a, a shift in focus. It really means we're not so much focused on the top of the funnel as we used to be. And, and that goes back to the comment I made about understanding all the roles and the relationships. And the, the, um, one of the things that we, we, we are set up to track is the number of active contacts within mm -hmm, accounts. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, that was something that I learned at, at back in my history at Jive, where I was running customer marketing, and that was the premise. Um, and you know you and I work there together. Uh, but um, that especially in SaaS-based companies, the ongoing relationship and engagement that you have with accounts is so important across all the different players within that account. And I've talked to a couple of the um, technology vendors around their strategies for thinking of moving from lead-based marketing in their systems to account-based marketing and how can they help us being able to track what's happening across the accounts and seeing that different level of energy. You, you can see it in, in some community platforms um, like Jive. Um, but, you know, I'm talking to Marketo about that. And I know they're making investments um, in this area as well. So I think that will help with when the technologies will be able to recognize accounts and account level activity. So we can see the interdependencies between the, the levels of activity on our website and in different digital channels, as well as engagement statistics across, uh, you know, open rates and everything where we can, we can look at the marketing aspect in terms of account, not just the selling aspect in terms of the account. No, it's fantastic. And I, I hope I have a chance to look at what you're doing as you evolve at some point. I, yeah. I want to I learn more about this. Um, but we're out of time. So um, thank you very much, Sydney. This has been great. I hope the listeners learned as much as I did today. Okay, thanks, Glenn. It was, it was great to, to chat with you. Great. Talk to you soon. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes and tell your friends about us. You can also go to our website, crimsonmarketing.com, and sign up for our free monthly newsletter featuring the very best of our marketing insights, featured Moneyball for Marketing podcasts, and one of our favorite features called Bad Marketing. Or email me at info at crimsonmarketing.com. Thanks for listening to Moneyball for Marketing from Crimson Marketing. Have a great week and let us know if we can help you in any way.